welcome back to the School of Healers, a podcast for learning self-development, self-care, spirituality, and wellness. I am your host, Maria. And I'm Danny. And today we're talking about the spiritual tools we use in order to kind of, I don't know, cope with life, uh, be present, heal. Um, Flow. Flow, like, yes. Flow, like really ride the waves of the uh, crazy things that happen to us every day. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long time since we recorded. That means so many things that uh, happened for both of us. We and I just want to briefly outline what was going on. Uh, I went back to school, so I started a master's degree like two weeks ago. Uh, we still have issues with a family member. John's father is terminally ill. He's 94 years old in a nursing home in California. And he is in hospice care at this point. Um, for the last, what is it, three weeks ago, or almost four weeks ago, that John went there to like see his father, who's really not doing well. And, uh, you know, he's probably six, six feet two. He's very tall and he weighs about, 95 pounds Mm. so it's just like he's very thin and you know having issues eating having issues breathing the worst part is that i feel that this man has some moments of being aware of what's happening and he is like calling up meetings to like get together with doctors and say like what what's going on why am i not getting better and you know john's talking to me telling me like what do you do? I said, you're going to lie to your father. You're not going to tell him that you're waiting around for him to die. Like, what the hell? You're just going to say, you know, at your age, you know, progress is very, very, very slow. Mm-hmm. And we're doing the best we can. And I don't know. I mean, what do you say? I said, you know, you're not, obviously not going to say anything that's going to be um, upsetting to your old father and he's obviously too smart for his age and he's just too freaking aware of what's happening so a lot of prayer so that's being something that it's keeping us both uh you know ups and downs emotionally with that uh, my uncle has prostate cancer so my mom i have to like constantly check on her she's worried all the time and making sure the treatments work and herbal these and herbal remedies and everything else that we can do to supplement his care. But it's being emotionally draining. So those two are biggies in terms of families and um, caring for our loved ones and what's going on at home, you know, with three dogs and a flea infestation and managing school. Uh, yeah, so... Definitely talking about these tools are really ways of us to truly share how is it that we keep us going, keep us saying while we are managing with all the demands of life. So, Daniela, you want to just share with us a little bit of what's happening in your world to give our listeners um, a little bit of scope of what's happening. How are we surviving? <laughs> yeah, I, I just... Um well, we're not going through, um, a stressful time in a sense that we're doing things that like we don't want to do because it is really exciting, but we're in the process of buying a house, which is 
taking a lot more time and a lot more energy than I would have thought because it's a for sale by owner. So we're not working with a real estate agent. I've had to do lots of paperwork, look for lawyers and um, meet with contractors, electricians, inspectors of all kinds and HVAC people and um, lots of phone calls, lots of paperwork and lots of reading. So it's been taking up a lot of my time and it's been really fun actually. So it's been pretty different meeting with people and having conversations because it's been a long time since this actually happened. Because usually if I do go anywhere, which is rare, um, everybody's wearing a mask and nobody's really having conversations and everybody's afraid to look each other in the eye. But um, most of the people that I've been meeting with are people in trade businesses and they're generally not wearing masks. Um, and we're just all having conversations. So it's been really cool to interact with people again. Um, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that of starting this project because the house we're buying is totally, totally run down. It's really filled with garbage. It's uh, been abandoned for like two and a half years. It's got, oh, a, wow. it's got a leaky <clears throat> roof. It's got like, uh, you know, parts of the ceiling that need to be replaced. It's got a lot of work. Um, wow. Yeah. Sounds like a true project. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a while before we can even live in it. So mm -hmm. luckily we're staying here with my parents and we'll have somewhere to stay while we do that. And Dylan is starting homeschooling next Tuesday. So I've been getting him ready, getting all his books and getting him like set for everything. And um, uh, just everything is pretty much routine here um ryan started a new job and he's doing Yay. that yeah so he can basically um feel better about spending a ton of money because we're gonna have to be putting a lot of money into this house but it's pretty cool because i can see it like turning into like a real sanctuary so maria if you ever need oh. to escape pennsylvania you can oh, I, I do. <laughs> I'll be there. Don't even ask me twice. Jesus, that'll be amazing. Yeah, to totally. see you and just to like, oh, nature, mother nature can just like sleep outside in the yard. Oh, um, we have an extra room, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't care. It's just like to have that, you know, contact with the sky and the earth and all yeah. that. It's just, I'll bring my sleeping bag and just camp outside. <laughs> That would be cool. I kind of want to build TPs or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or like maybe a yurt, tiny houses and stuff. Yeah, it's, something, right? Mm -hmm. It's three acres. So it's got a lot of room to grow and lots of room to do all kinds of things. I'm thinking building a sweat lodge or at least some kind of a sauna because I love yeah. that. That's my favorite. Yeah, heat. Heat, yeah. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. I love it. But in some time. <sighs> yes, I mean it's 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 fun. It's definitely it's just tedious, you know, there's a lot of paperwork. But even I I sense that you are having fun with all of that, so that's good. Mm -hmm. It's just time consuming, and you have to put in the time. So that's why it was just so hard, you know, because every time we come to record, we are like, oh, can we do it next week or next Friday or next Tuesday? Because <laughs> something would come up, mm -hmm. and I would definitely want to keep this going. I think it's a good way for us to like also 
um, bring awareness to what's happening into our lives and to keep us just more in tune with what we're doing. It's a good way that we are kind of like both checking on each other and uh, sharing the things that work, you know, what works on fleas or anything else, <laughs> anything that is just, um, it's supportive. Mm-hmm. It's good to have like a connection with another human being and being away for so long. You know, when I went back to work, it was like, oh, humans, we can talk. I wanted to hug everybody, of course. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I have to tell you a deep, deep secret. I hugged a few people. Yes, I'm like underground hugger Ooh. because I some people don't give a shit and they hug. What? Oh my god, I haven't <laughs> met anybody. I keep getting the fucking pound or an elbow oh. tap. I haven't oh, hugged a stranger elbows yet. Elbows are good. Yeah, no, no, not a stranger, not a stranger, but a few people that I know that they're like, you know, I I had a uh, a Reiki class. And an angel class that people were like, I need to hug you. Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm totally fine. And we just hugged and it just felt so beautiful to have the human connection. And guess what? I'm still alive. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Yes. It's called underground hugging. It's a new thing. And yeah. I mean, when I'm at work, I definitely, I wear the mask and I do what I'm told because it's not my business. I have to follow the rules because I want to protect my clients. Yes, I work about taking care of my body, my immunity, but there is a lot of people that are not lucky that way, that they have conditions, they are afraid, they're terrified. And if Mm -hmm. you add whatever pre-existing condition you have with fear, you're fucked. Literally, Mm -hmm. you're fucked because your immune system is even worse. So I honor that space. I do my thing, wear the mask, you know, the hands and the ties and all of that. But what everybody else is comfortable with touch, I touch. If they want me, if they, I want to hug. If they want to hug, I hug them. The only policy at home is hand washing. That's it. Just wash your hands and I'm happy. That's all. Yeah. But... Again, it really have to honor that space where people have autoimmune issues. They just got cancer, and you really have to be more careful of that. And uh, we're really blessed that is not the case for us. But you know, knowing that my uh, uncle has cancer, you know, things are more strict around him. You know, he was staying with my brother for a couple of months while he was. Uh, going for his treatment in Lima and I was just like reminding my brother like dude if you go out anywhere you have to like super 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 sanitize yourself and do this whole thing because you don't want to bring anything you're fine but my uncle listened and that just brings you awareness and it just keeps you more in tune with others but if you are around people that you know are healthy and they're okay and they are just vibing like you are Hug them, please. They need touch. <laughs> if they're okay with that. If they're not, you respect that um, that space. So it's yeah. namaste all the way, people. We honor that light wherever they are. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I'm great. Um, I'm really grateful because I'm just around my family all the time, so I can mm-hmm. keep my same habits, which include never washing my hands. <laughs> I never do. Nice, nasty, Daniela. 
Here you go, the dirty, <laughs> the dirty one. I embrace no, the but dirt. I know what you mean. You embrace the dirt. But obviously, I know you mean washing your hands when it's necessary, but just like yeah. not overwashing. Like I'm not an overwasher either. Like I have to like feel that there's dirt on my hands and I wash them. It's not like, oh, I just touched no. it. Sometimes I even touch the dogs and I forget about washing my hands. Disclosure, because dogs to me are human. They're people. So not, not, I really have to tell you that I, I hug my dog and roll around the floor with her. I kiss her. Oh. I hug her. I rub her. If I really go a lot because I use oils on her, um, where I feel my hands greasy and you just feel kind of like stuff on your hands. Two things that have to happen. I have to bathe the dogs <laughs> and I have to uh, definitely wash hands then. But other than that, if I'm just like holding her face to give her a kiss, I don't wash my hands. Sometimes I even feed the dog from my mouth. I don't know. It's just, I think it's cute. <laughs> I give her, I put something between my teeth and just give it to her and she just takes it. It's just, I don't know. I connect with my dog. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, she was like a human. So I can see that. I can see that. I know. It's just like I, I feed her and she just, she gets it, you know, and she's, she's a pet bull and she's so delicate. She's like so gentle. She's so loving. I just love my dog. Anyhow, let's talk about the tools that keep us grounded. And this is top of my list because it's definitely something that just like kept me going for a while with emotions, with grounding, with energy, and that is essential oils. Last Wednesday, I went to class and um, I had like three hours of sleep between waking up to put the dog out going to bed super late because we get home and we have to do our routine of like killing fleas and baiting dogs and taking them out and taking them out separately and all of that it was a harsh night and then not sleeping didn't help and then I have to drive two hours to get uh, to school I had peppermint to help me peppermint oil peppermint and orange oh my god that just gave me the the energy I needed, the awareness I needed to put eight hours of sitting in lecture. And you're in lecture wearing a mask is brutal because you slow down your breath and you just want to fall asleep sometimes. And that was really hard for me. That was very, very, very hard for me. But the essential oils that I pretty much blended them uh, and I put them on a rolling bottle that I carry with me every day everywhere I go, especially if I'm feeling like I need a help me up. That's it. The essential oils are so strong. You just like put them around my wrists and on my body, around my ears, you know, just areas where I can feel them and put them on the palms of my hand and just like take a deep inhale, just really absorb those energies and really ask because when I work with essential oils, I'm really asking, please, peppermint, please, orange, help me, help me, help me. The spirit of the plants, the spirit of everything that Mother Earth is giving us. I think there is an added element when you ask for help, when you ask for help from the earth mm -hmm. in whatever form is coming to you. So I was like, please, please keep me. And I discovered that by accident when I was like grocery shopping and I was like feeling, I was feeling kind of weird. I don't know. I, I don't know if we had like a exchange of words with John or something was going on, but I was like 
walking around the grocery shop and all of a sudden you get to that area where you have all the plants and all the flowers. And I just took a moment there and I asked the plants to like take away this anger I'm feeling right now, take away this anger. It's just like taking over my body because I feel like I'm just going to snap and I don't want that. I just want to process these emotions. And I was just like, kind of like staring at the flowers and just like, give me some of your joy. Let me find some of the joy in my life because I feel that it's lacking at this moment. And I, it was just like, you know, it was just like looking at them and just having this thing with the plants. And, and I just turned around, kept walking because I have to pick up groceries. But at that particular time, we had split it up. He went to get some things and I was in that section. And then when I saw him again, it wasn't so bad. It was like, you know what? It was a shift. The energy shifted. Mm-hmm. But it was from me talking to the plants, talking to the flowers. And they had given me. It was just a moment. Even if it is the fact that you are sharing with something or someone. And to me, they hold the spirit. They have an essence. They are alive. That really helped me shift the energy at that particular moment. So when I work with essential oils, it's the same concept. They come from the earth. There is the spirit of that, um, whether it's a flower, whether it's an herb, whatever it is, whether it's wood or resin, it comes from the earth. So I approach it with the same idea and I said, like, well, that worked. It worked for me and it helps me strengthen my connection to my medicine. And when you're working with essential oils, you are working with a very, very heavy-duty, strong medicine. That's yeah. how I approach them. Definitely. I mean, I love essential oils. My top three are probably going to be the top three forever, which is lavender, frankincense, and vanilla. Vanilla, I think, is just puts me in such a loving place. Mm-hmm. Like It just calms me down and makes me feel happy. Um, but lavender, it just relaxes me. And that's what I use every day, mainly on my face. I just put it all over my face with some shea butter and I put it on my scalp and I just love it. I'm pretty much addicted to lavender and frankincense resin. That's like my favorite thing to burn. It's just Mm -hmm. the most amazing. I feel it feels like a purifying type of um, energy. So yeah, I love essential oils too. It's really good. Yeah, just a side note. A side note with frankincense, if you let me just like get that in. Mm-hmm. Shiva, Shiva, my dog, has lumps on her on her paw and on her neck. And I've been using, it's a blend that I did for her of lavender and frankincense because that lump eventually started to um, bleed. And the dog has one on the paw that needs surgery, but it needs like a specialty surgery because it's almost on the paw or her, of her, you know, of her paw. So walking will be impaired if we were to remove that. So the vet basically said, if it's not bothering her, let it be. Mm-hmm. But the one day it started to bleed. So I said like, I have to do something and I know she can do surgery. My dog is 12 years old. So I said the last time she had dental work and they had to use anesthesia, she just had like a panic attack. She Mm -hmm. was just a mess. I felt so awful for doing that to her. So right now I just do like really, I do her dental work. But um, 
it was frankincense and lavender that I blended and I used drops on the ball and on her neck and the size has shrank. Those lumps have shrank and they're not angry. They're not bleeding. They're healing well. And it's just, they're magical. And I have really, I have an enlightened dog. I mean, she uses frankincense every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and energetically, I'm putting it on her. So I'm getting it. I'm getting it too. You know, I'm getting that nice vibe. So the frankincense and the lavender. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good way, you know, when your dog is going through issues, it's sometimes some of your issues. And Working with her is like really working on myself sometimes. And she's a good reminder when I need to like slow down. But yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds like something that people should probably look into. I remember the first time I heard about frankincense was so many years ago was through some documentary about a guy um, putting a couple drops in his mouth and curing himself from cancer. So that's the first time mm-hmm. I ever heard about frankincense. I don't know if that's true mm-hmm. or not, but maybe it worked for him. So I know it's a very powerful, so It's it seems like such old, like an old energy, like frankincense has been around forever, oh, yeah. forever. Thousands. Forever. I mean, come on, Jesus got that for his birthday. When he yeah. Was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, switching gears i'll talk about my favorite spiritual tool which is smoke and i've been using smoke in many different ways and a lot of people are probably familiar with incense and i love to burn that that just automatically just clears the space for me i like nog champa that's like one of my favorite incense mm-hmm. um, it's beautiful yes it's um it feels like otherworldly. It feels like I'm in Bali or in India when I burn it. And it feels like it takes me somewhere else. But I love to burn it and I like to think I'm offering it to, I don't know, whoever is around. Uh, I like to think of it as an offering. Um, but when I burn smoke, I generally um, am burning sage or Palo Santo or frankincense resin and a new way that I've been doing or tobacco actually so um i had a conversation with a native american guy a couple of weeks ago and he gave me this uh i guess this advice of waking up before dawn so before the sun comes up which is around so i've been waking up at six in the morning a couple times and i go outside and i face east and i take some tobacco with me and obviously some incense and frankincense and and I'm I'm setting up this space outside and I put this incense to burn and then I usually sage myself and then I sit down facing east um I grab some tobacco in my hand so like I've got some loose tobacco and I've got some rolled um tobacco cigarettes Mm -hmm. organic tobacco it's not like buying Newports or something but I face east and I burn the tobacco and then I start praying and and then I start to um, smoke the tobacco also and uh, just basically offering the tobacco Um, and when I'm doing that I'm praying to obviously God I'm praying to Jesus I'm praying to my ancestors and I'm usually saying all my ancestors who are for my highest good and for my highest healing I'm praying for help. And that actually brings me back to you saying that you ask your essential oils for help. 
I never <laughs> thought of that, but I do that with smoke. So I'm going to try that with essential oils oh, now. Oh my God. That's really the cool. Yeah. That's- add the magic. Add the magic juice. <laughs> yes. Asking for help is very humbling experience because it may, it really, I always feel really vulnerable and it's a little bit scary going outside. It's still pretty dark out. And, um, I wait until the sun rises and it honestly feels <clears throat> like very, I guess, grounding, but also feels like I'm not alone and it feels really, really, um, soothing to, to be able to ask for help and to pray with the smoke because I heard a long time ago that smoke transports your prayers faster. So every time I pray, um, uh, well, not every time, but when I pray, I try to light some smoke in some kind of way so that I imagine my prayers being transported into the ether or to heaven or whatever it is. Mm, um, beautiful. Yeah. So that's one of my most, um, I would say, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's a very personal and very deep uh, way I can connect with God and with myself, I guess, get grounded and just kind of get really clear about my, uh, what I, what I need in life, my, my desires and my wishes and what, what I, I could use some help with. That is, is such a beautiful thing. I am happy to hear tobacco. There's two things that I want to, uh, add to your, uh, smoke practice and, it's something I played with before and you experience it here. It's called Agni Hotra. And the Agni is the fire, the sacred fire. Mm-hmm. So it's the burning of the fire, right? And the practice by itself, you do it uh, in the morning, at dawn, right? In the morning and then at night when the sun is setting and when the sun is rising. There is a particular schedule that you can actually follow and look it up online if you do Agni Hotra, Agni Hotra so it's A-G-N-I-H-O-T-R-A Hotra mm-hmm. when the H doesn't sound and you look up the times based on your time zone and where you live and it will give you the times that the sun is up or down right and at that particular time there is kind of like a twilight a twilight where the spirits, your ancestors, and everybody's really paying attention to what's happening. And it's a magical time where you get to um, offer your prayers and connect with your spirit guides, beings, uh, you know, all your, your tribe of spiritual helpers all around you. And uh, so that will be the practice of the Agni Hotra. There is some chance that you can add there, uh, but it's really an opportunity for you to express your gratitude. The one particular one that I use for Agni Hotra, it's very bowing to the universal wisdom, to the earth. So there is something about facing east, you know, the sun. And uh, it's, it's those powers that bring us and give us life. So that's pretty cool. It's kind of like each culture has its own way to working with fire, to working with those times. So that that's, you know, and you can work with whatever resonates with you. You work the American or the um, American Indian way, or you are, you're actually like the more the Indian thing, 
go for it. And I have to give you another one. This is uh, a Peruvian way to working with tobacco that actually I've seen my grandmother do. So I have my little Ekeko. Ekeko is basically a little miniature sculpture, you know, it's a statue of a little man. It's believed that this man is a man of abundance and he has like all these different bags with um, gifts, money and all of that. And his mouth is open. His mouth is opening. It has an opening because you light up a, a cigar or a cigarette for him and you give him that offering. And to me, it's a way that I really connect with my ancestors because it's a practice that my grandmother did. It's a practice that it's a very familiar in uh, Bolivia and Peru that I know of. People are familiar with working with their little kekos. And it's also a way that you connect, like I said, ancestors, and you say things like, hey, thank you for everything, but please help me through this or help me through that. And you do offer, you do the offering of the tobacco. And we know tobacco is known in many cultures as an offering, and it's just, you know, a good way to do it. I don't smoke the cigarette, but I'm more than happy to give my gecko the cigarette and, you know, light it up mm-hmm. and he has his little tobacco. So it's it's kind of like crazy how each culture does its own thing and how mm-hmm. is it that at the right time you find a practice that resonates with you. So I think there is even more power to it, you know, to finding something that you're called and really doing it, do the time to like, and I really love what you said, that the smoke transfer prayers faster because it's just like, it's the air, mm-hmm. takes it up. So it's beautiful. Yeah. I love smoking tobacco. <laughs> New <awesome>. practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the first time I ever smoked tobacco ceremonially was Mm -hmm. uh, at a tobacco plantation in Bali and a woman rolled a tobacco cigarette for us and I had never experienced like a ritual like that before and Mm -hmm. it was it was insane I was like whoa what's going on like it really brought me into the present moment and just everything looked clearer I could hear more sharply I, I was just so in the moment and it was just like whoa so tobacco is very, very powerful. I can understand why, well, this is my conspiracy theorist mode right now, but I understand why it's been adulterated with like poisons and stuff because it is a very powerful plant. And um, I'm sure people know this, people in, you know, who knows who they are, but they probably know this. And so they've, you know, really messed with the the plant and really, you know, the pesticides. They, they It's like one of the most pesticided crops ever and then they add all kinds of poisons to the to the tobacco that you know you could find at a gas station basically and I know it's really sad because it is such a sacred plant especially here in in America it's like one of our main crops that we've been yeah. cultivating since this country was founded and um if people knew more about the power of tobacco i think it it was honored more and it was treated more sacredly. I don't think anybody would be like okay with them putting all these poisons yeah. into it. Hmm. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about a good source for tobacco. So it's like 
we have to, I don't know if you know of a place that you get your tobacco that you're comfortable saying that, you know, they don't have the pesticides and all the crap added. Mm-hmm. But in Peru, they sell these uh, cigarettes that, okay, people don't get me in jail, but I bring them here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bring cigarettes when I go home. And uh, they're called Inca, the Inca cigarettes, and they have no filter and they're pure tobacco. And Ooh. those are used for uh, offerings. But, you know, it really brings me back to those years that I was smoking cigarettes. And I actually enjoyed smoking cigarettes back then. You just like, smoke cigarettes? What? Oh, my God. I smoke like a pack a day. No way. For like a year and a half and almost two. Love my cigarettes. Crazy. It was like, yeah. Long story about cigarettes. But when I got to the U.S., we're talking about when I was in Peru, I was a heavy smoker. And it was really more a college thing because everybody around me used to smoke. We were on the edge, really. You know, we had so many assignments and so much crap and studying late and just studying and studying and studying. It was my friends used to smoke and we were like, we were in the same room and they're like lighting up cigarettes and all you have is the smoke around you. So at that point it's like, look, I'm getting smoke anyway. So might as well give me a freaking cigarette. So I started smoking because you need something to keep you up. And that kind of like was something in your mouth with all the uh, nervousness of what was happening for us. I started smoking. Mm -hmm. But once I got here and I had cigarettes here, it tasted like they were dipped in gasoline. Yeah, they're horrible. It was harsh and it was awful. And because it was a habit, I kept on doing it Mm. until life happened and I stopped. But anyhow, I just wanted to say like, yes, there is so much truth to it. Because when you have a tobacco cigarette outside of here, I don't even know if they exist in Peru anymore because things are like standardized crap everywhere. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, having said that, if you have that experience of smoking tobacco and then going from tobacco to something that is being industrialized and processed and charged with chemicals, you know that they've done too many things to that cigarette. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer tobacco. You're smoking chemicals. You're smoking fiberglass. It's um, Oh, my God. Horrible. Yes. And the people that are vaping, oh, gosh, why, why do you start on tobacco? Now you got me going with the vaping thing. <laughs> number one it's not cool number two you don't know what you're putting in your body there is no regulations there is nothing natural about the process of vaping but anyhow just pray for your health and for your awareness so that you can find something that works for you hey i was a smoker too and it just took sometimes it takes life for you to realize like, this is not good for me. Mm-hmm. At the time that I stopped smoking, I realized that I was pregnant. Mm. So when that happened, I said, well, I can't smoke anymore. And that's it. This is not about me. It's about another life. And I quit. And that was the end of it. That's it. Never had the desire to smoke it because I remembered it. They said like crap. And I said like, I was getting into that habit being stronger than my will. So Mm -hmm. I stopped and yeah, so I understand that we're all in different levels of awareness and growth and you start doing things because they're cool, they're fun and they're trendy and um, life will have its own way to like help you heal and realize like it's not so good for you. Not wishing evil or anything on anyone, but 
it's your own journey and I have to be respectful of that because I was there too. So that's all I have about tobacco. <laughs> I think that would probably bring me into my next one and it's a big one. It's crystals, 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 crystals. Um, I have to say that something important came up with me with working with crystals and it's where they come from. We have to be really aware as you know, new age people, spiritual people working with crystals because there is a long, tedious process that the earth goes through because we want a sphere or a pyramid or a palm stone. They need to be digged out from the ground, literally. Some of the practices around crystals are not exactly ethical, but short and long, I just found and I felt more drawn to certain crystals and they resonate differently for me. And those are the ones that actually I discovered that come from Brazil. They come from Peru, like, hello. I mean, it's even more grounding for me if it comes from my homeland and South America in general, those crystals. And the U.S., actually, they have a different vibe for me. They are just like more alive, if you, if you may say. They just vibe differently. And I think it's important for everybody that works with crystals to be aware of the environmental impact and to also notice if there is something that is even more grounding because crystals are grounding. They come from the earth. They dig them out. So you're really working with the core of Mother Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it has like special juice if it comes from somewhere that you have footprints in. And that is just something that I discover. So my Brazilian stones and Peruvian. I was so drawn to this pink mangano calcite that I had laying around that I didn't know what it was. It was pink and it was pretty, so I bought it. And when I was feeling a little bit of like sadness and stress and just feeling down, I was drawn to that stone and I was holding it and uh, things were like sweeter all of a sudden. It wasn't so bad. And I just like the energy. I like what it was giving me. It was just like making me feel loved and uh, hopeful, which was a little difficult at the time. So I decided to look up and say like, well, I don't remember exactly what it is. I remember what I bought it from. So I went back into the site, found out the name of it, this pink mangano calcite. And this particular seller lists where it comes from. And it was Peru. And I said, well, here we go. This is the trifecta. It's a beautiful stone. It's very grounding. It comes from Peru and is ethically sourced. Well, at least that's what my seller is telling me. And it was just like, it was perfect. It was just perfect. And I just started to like really honoring more of that space and started buying from sellers that ship from the U.S., to also minimize the footprint of like yet adding shipping because shipping from China is going to be a different thing than shipping from Virginia or Texas or California Mm -hmm. and supporting local businesses that are doing this for a living, you know? So I just wanted to like really bring up those two things. Um, 
the ethically sourced crystals, just knowing when you buy more, you're demanding more, and you're also feeding into that culture of greed. So it's important for us as spiritual workers to be really, really, really mindful of not buying crap that we don't need. And I have to tell you that is probably the rest of my life something I'm going to work on because I'm I'm a bit of a shopaholic. Daniela will tell you. It's something that I struggle with, but I'm bringing my awareness there. I am, like I said, changing the things I approach shopping, just like buying local, buying things that are, you know, ethically sourced, you know, get a relationship with the people that you buy your crystals from so that you know. And I just met this woman that her husband is from Brazil and she gets the crystals from there. And she is a grounded person. She is aware of the environmental uh, imprint that we're living by buying these beauties. They're beautiful things. They're magical tools. I get it. I get all of that. And it's like you can never have enough crystals. But we also have to respect that Mother Earth is just telling us, look, I give you all this beauty. But just remember that it's, it's taking from me. So it's just not so much like take, 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 um, but to really find a balance. And I know it's hard. Believe me, I know it's hard because I love them so much that it's hard to pass on them. But at least work with someone that is aware of all those challenges around um, your environmental impact of crystals. So just be conscious of it and find the ones that vibe with you because, you know, you may find a certain ones and there is certain sellers. And even when they come from India, I'm saying like, why do I feel so drawn to these particular stones? And I just like, it may be a past life. Who knows? There is some grounding and some magic and some beauty into these, the colors. Oh, and one last thing that I have for crystals. I've been drawn to green stones and green stones. And now that I'm immersing myself more into the world of Chinese medicine and five element theory, you learn that the color green is associated with the wood element and anger. Anger, yes. Affecting your liver. So working with the stones that way could also change your perspective on working with crystals. Their colors, you may be more familiar with chakras. Chakras are also linked to uh, organs, you know, these energy systems in your body. However, I've been working that way for the past years. Now that I'm working with five elements and the Chinese approach to colors and stones, I'm finding even deeper healing. And that's where I am right now. So I have a lot of uh, Amazonite, uh, Jade, uh, green stones really all around me. Appetite. Oh my God, appetite is like a new revelation for me because there are some days that you feel apathy, like you don't have the uh, energy and the love and joy for life. So that stone it's definitely reminding me that, hey, I'm here to like take that and make it magical and the colors are beautiful too. So uh, it's a new approach. If it resonates with you, you go with it. If you're working with chakras and that works with you, fine. You know, it's just, just sharing something that may or may not resonate with you, but you are the one that decides to maybe give it a try.
Yeah, I think that's important. Um, being ethical is something most people don't really think about for a lot of things, but there is a big group of people who do. So that's something maybe nobody's given, like maybe somebody hasn't given thought to ethically sourced crystals. But um, luckily in the Southwest, like Arizona, Colorado, you find like crystal places all over the place. Even here in North mm -hmm. Carolina, when you start to go towards the mountains, there's like gem mining places where you can go and mine your own gems, which is really cool. So I've, I, I always stop at the, you know, those like uh, places off the side of the road that's, uh, that are either mining for gems or selling crystals in small shops. Those are generally pretty fun to go into. Um, another way that I use crystals is for protection. So we both obviously have lots of crystals. A lot of mine are in storage, but I have um, a couple of small ones um, and they tend to be black most of the time. So I like to have shungite or um, obsidian or onyx or whatever else. There's other ones that I don't actually even know the names. They're black. And I got one as a gift at a, at a, um, a mind body spirit expo. Um, a guy just gave it to me, but um one thing I like to do is take a, a small crystal and put it clockwise over my head, um, kind of touching my forehead. And as I lift it up back to where I would start on the 12 o'clock uh, hand, which is the mm -hmm. middle of my forehead, I look up and blow up. And that is something I was told is good to kind of basically get rid of any trickster spirits who might be clinging on to you. Or I like to think of it as when I start having like nervous or anxious thoughts. It's, uh, Can I ask uh, what shape of stone do you use? Because I imagine that the shape may have something to do with it. Is it a point? Uh, usually it's just like, um, it could be. I have one that's a point and I have one that's a circle. So... It doesn't really matter. Um, the guy told me just use whatever crystal and just put it clockwise around your head and then blow up. And that helps to release any um, negative energies that might be with you. And I feel like that really is helpful. It's really uh, clearing for me. So I like crystals to protect my energy because a lot of the time I start having thoughts that I feel like they're not even my thoughts. And I wonder mm -hmm. where do they, all these anxious and worried thoughts come from? So that's a good way to kind of just reset my own mind and bring me back into the present moment and just kind of align myself with like positive thinking and kind of just like blowing away the negative thoughts away. So it doesn't, I mean, you might think it's just negative thoughts. I might, uh, someone else might think it's negative energies. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It's, negative energies um do they where are they coming from is it really just from you is it from outside it doesn't really matter but it's just like a way to kind of do this physical little exercise and you imagine you're blowing it away and to me that helps me so i like doing that <laughs> just to clarify just because people may tr want to try these um you just want to blow. You don't blow on the crystal. The crystal is still on your head, pointing. Yeah, pointing uh, up. Pointing up. 
that's where I get the point, the point stone, kind of like to really direct the energies out of your body. So put in the third eye, right? Third eye. And it makes perfect sense. Now that you're saying all of that, it's like, okay, I have some craziness in my head. I can't figure shit out. Let's put a smoky quartz that has a point on my head and blow the shit out. Like, get it out of me. Get that cloud <laughs> out of it so yeah. I can see clearly and think clearly and feel better. So that's going to go on my to-do list. And you guys know how I'm going to do it, too. I'm going to use a point crystal and I'm going to use a smoky crystal because the smoky just resonates with that smokiness, that fog that's in your head. Yeah, You can try whatever you want, but... um Thank you. That sounds beautiful. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. I just, um, I have a preference for black. Um, I just feel like black is a very, um, I don't know. It's always been a color I always wear a lot of since I was very young. I always like the energy of black. I don't know. I don't look at it as like some dark evil color or something like that I kind of mm. it feels like a safe actually protective color to me so I enjoy crystals well, that are dark if it makes you feel better for the uh Inca culture black is a color of purity because black never changes mm. so it's about perspective and also when you work in uh, grounding colors the color of the ground when you go deep down there is black. So it's your grounding. It feels safe because you're grounded. So you're protecting yourself. And if there is something pure about it, it's like, well, and it really resonates with your personality type. You're very grounded and you're very straightforward. So there you go. Top <laughs> girl. That's so awesome. Ooh, well, this will kind of uh, be a little bit different because this is not grounding at all. This kind of gets more into your territory, which is uh, mm -hmm. more of like divination and um, working with spirit and the ether, um, omens and stuff. So about three years ago, maybe a little bit more than three years ago, I started, I don't know how the hell I got into this, but I started looking at birds in the sky and and started to practicing using the birds um, moving across in the sky as, as, an, as a way to read um, a question that I might have. So um, I guess it started when I was commuting um, like an hour to go to work and then coming back. Um, and then I met this guy and I really thought that we had like a real deep connection. And at the time I was doing this whole bird thing. So he lived in another state and, um, you know, we would talk and I started asking when I would drive, um, at a particular time, it was like three o'clock. I was going to pick up, um, a kid whose parents I worked for every day. I would pick him up and every day I would ask, is this the guy that I'm supposed to be with? Like, I need like a bird to show up and give me a sign. And every day it was like clockwork. One single bird would fly across the sky. It would fly from left to right on my way to, to see the kid. And I would automatically associate this bird with the guy. It was just something that would pop into my head. 
So I would see it and I would be like, oh my God, I think he's the one because it's just one bird. So this must be it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that ended up not working out. The guy was basically just a player. Like he was not interested in having an actual relationship. He was interested in dating around, which is fine. Cool. A couple of months later, um, I met Ryan and we met online and we kind of instantly pretty much clicked like right away. I didn't really know at the time he was wanting a relationship. I just kind of thought we'd be cool friends because he had mentioned he wanted to go to Bali and I was like, oh, cool. I always want to go back to Bali. Maybe one day we'll meet because he lived in California. Anyway, um, as our relationship kind of progressed, it was still early on. I had to drive. It was like around Christmas time. Actually, it was Christmas. It was Christmas like the next day after Christmas Day. What is it called? Is there a day for that? The 26th, whatever. Um, I think I visited you that day, actually. This was like Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. I brought you cookies. Oh, those cookies (laughs) are wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. So the next day when I was driving home, I had to drive from Pennsylvania all the way to North Carolina. And Ryan was on the phone with me. And this was the most crazy thing that's ever happened. But I saw billions of birds on my way um, as I was driving. I think they were migrating. I don't know what the hell was going on. But Mm -hmm. I'm not exaggerating, Maria. It was birds in the sky, billions of them, billions of them, billions of them. It felt like in in an infinite amount of birds i couldn't believe my eyeballs i was like whoa what is going on and um i drove home ryan stayed on the phone with me for 8 hours on the phone as i was driving the entire time and that was just like shocking i was like what the hell is going on like who does that it was mm-hmm. really sweet it was very very um like shocking to me because I don't think up until then I had really experienced what it's like to be in a, an actual relationship where somebody cares about you and wants to know you're safe getting home and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, anytime I would look in the sky and see birds, it was always two birds or sometimes three birds or a flock of birds. But the seeing one bird flying alone completely ended and it was just shocking to me because I, I really feel like the birds were giving me a sign that before it was just this one bird. And I thought, Oh my God, it must be the one, but that's not it. When I saw that explosion of birds and then when I would always see birds in a pair, um, it really hit me that I was just like, doing the right thing and I was with the right person and I always still look up at the sky when I'm driving if -hmm. I have that thought oh look up at the sky I always see birds flying and it just depends like if I have a question that day I kind of use um looking at birds to kind of either kind of like give me a yes or a no but it, it just goes with feeling so it's kind of hard to explain but I looked into this later on and Um, reading birds as omens is called augury which I never knew that but people have been doing this for like thousands of years and I I honestly have no clue how I even got into it but that's like something I do all the time it gives it brings me a lot of comfort it it also just takes my mind off of um, any negative 
loops mm-hmm. that I might be in um, just kind of breaks me out of that. And it's, it's not something nice I like to do. <clears throat> um, and birds happen to be my favorite animal. So I don't know. <laughs> That's my story about birds. No, but it's also um, funny that, you know, you're an earth sign. So you look at the sky, you look at the sky in a way to like elevate you because, you know, when you get a stagnant energy for an earth person, it's like, you know, you don't move. So you look up. For me, I'm a water sign and I look to the earth for grounding. (laughs) It's just like really how we are finding ways to find balance with our elements, with our composition, with our astrological sign, with all of it. And I found that very interesting because, you know, you're like looking up at my thing. It's, yeah, I love nature. I am terrified of birds. What? No. (laughs) We just went to PetSmart and there were two birds flying around and I was in fear. I just, I had a rooster follow me and chase me around when I was a kid. So anything with wings and everything that flies around me, I'm freaked out. I love birds. They're so gooey. I love seeing them from afar and uh, they're beautiful. I mean, I've seen cardinals come to me when, you know, things were happening. And mm-hmm. But again, just like, you know, and hummingbirds. Oh, God, hummingbirds are amazing. But just like having them, you know, their wings just freak me out. I just, uh, again, it's trauma or something. I don't know. But um, the same way that I found that connection with the plants and the earth and doing that, it was just how you're guided. How is it that you're truly guided? Is your intuition at play? That I think is the most beautiful thing because you started looking for signs and for you, you're looking at a way that elevates your spirit. So you look up this, the heaven and you start looking for birds and that's your way to connecting. And that is wonderful. I just want to say that it's very honoring to hear that everybody has, you know, their own way to finding magic in their lives. So for people to like find that, whatever makes your heart sing, what is it? That discovery is just so gratifying. It's like really brings you more joy. It brings you more validation and it just helps you feel more in tune with the earth, with the with the skies, with everything around you. So that is really empowering. So kudos to you. That's awesome. I like that. like that a lot. I don't think I'll be reading birds. I mean, birds and animals, birds and animals in general really have um, um, kind of like a message. Their messages, their reminders. We had a fox yesterday, like cross the road in front of us when we're driving. And I like to see, like, why is that fox showing up in our lives? You know, why? What are they? What are they trying to um, remind us of? What is their message? So I look more into that um, in our lives, especially when I have, like, I'm doing a deep meditation, I'm doing yoga, and all of a sudden I have like deers all around me. I was like, okay, what just happened? I called up <laughs> for some animal support and yeah, but um, like I said, I'm terrified of birds. So I'll work with that. That's why I have no problem eating chicken because it's oh my, my way God. to like pay back to the rooster. Maria. 
Wait, so if I have chickens, are you going to be scared of them? Oh, I'll be fucking terrified. Oh I could not be around chickens. Like, oh I my God, it's probably a reason, a reason why I wouldn't have like a farm and everything wow. else because they're animals that I, um, I have fear. If they are like restrained in an area that I know they're not going to fly over, fly over my head, I could be all right. I have always loved birds since I was a little kid. And my favorite pet I ever had was a cockatiel. And we used to cuddle. I would cuddle with my little bird. It would it would literally cocoon itself into my neck. And it was just the most sweet animal I've ever had. Really? Yeah. Wow. My um, former father-in-law gave me two uh, birds, actually. He gave me two birds. I don't remember what they were called. I was terrified of them. Of course, I couldn't do anything for them. But I always had a sense that birds shouldn't be in a cage. No. So I didn't like I that. I don't think that. That's we had either. like bluebirds. We had some, um, I think they were blue jade. And then we had a couple yellow ones. I think they're like, he said that it reminded him of me because I they kiss all the time. And, you know, I'm very affectionate, so I'm always kissing. I was kissing my husband at the time a lot. I'm, I'm a kisser. What can I tell you? Mm-hmm. So because he saw that, he says, like, okay, so these are lovebirds. So here you go. He gave us the lovebirds. And they died. Oh. Like, our love for each other. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, goodness. They just, you know, I just felt so weird about having them in a cage. And they were messy, so I wasn't too happy with them. Yeah. And I couldn't interact as much. And like my ex would like put him on their arm and he will like walk around them, the little ones. And then I just couldn't do none of that. And when he will have them out, like flying around uh, the house, I'll, I just I had to hide because I it was very uncomfortable, very, very uncomfortable. Even though they were tiny, they were beautiful and I actually loved them. But I, again, just the flying around me, it just really terrifies me and of course just to traumatize me a little bit more i live in an apartment that had bats so wings and flying things around me not a good combo (laughs) i yeah i live with a bat or two for weeks so no thank you no thank you i mean it's staying in the apartment they will hide it was it was just horrendous so no (laughs) it's going to take me some time but again, these animals come into your life when there is change, when there is transition, and they have a message. So I learn from my bad friends, and I just sincerely pray that they don't give me any more messages because they scare me. I had vultures outside the house when grandmother was about to pass, and they're just like, okay, you're very ugly, you're very creepy, why are you here, you scare me, please go away. And they do bring messages. They're messengers, mm-hmm. always. They're always bringing messages. And, you know, when you become a little bit more aware and you start looking into those meanings and what they represent to you, because that's important. Uh, one of my teachers, um, who's, who's uh, in-depth in terms of our shamanic practices, always say, don't look it up online really find out more of what is it that the animal does in nature. 
you know, if, for example, there's a vulture, the vulture feeds the dead, right? Any carcasses and anything that he, he can find. That's also its medicine. It removes the stuff from you that is, is dying, is dead, and it, it has no purpose, no purpose in your life. It's time for you to let go of that. It's time for you to change the transition so they help you. That is one of the most powerful medicine that you get, you know, for vultures. And condor in Peru and shamanic and the shamanic system is so freaking powerful. Mm-hmm. Here in the, um, the American Indians is the eagle, kind of like that concept of flying high and above, looking, uh, you know, beyond the little scope that we do have in our surrounding little space of the earth and really looking at bigger pictures. So it's, you can, we can talk about animals and meanings and all of that for hours. It's just, it's a whole lifetime of discovery because it's how is resonating into your life at that particular moment too. What is it that's happening right there at the time that these animals giving you a clue, a message and like I was telling John yesterday, when the fox crossed us, I said, our war against fleas has to be done with a lot of strategy. We have to be strategic about it because that's what the uh, foxes are. They're very astute, right? So that's how we have to do it. We have to remove the dogs from areas that can bring uh, cross-contamination and just keeping them around because we happen to have furry ones, yeah. except for sheep. Don't forget that so, diatomaceous earth. You can put that outside too. I don't already order it, but you know, yeah. we have a holiday on Monday, so that's going to delay us one more day. Mm-hmm. But I said, we'll get it on Tuesday and we'll be good. And in the meantime, we're just keeping the dogs in the bathroom. We have their beds there. We have one bed for the two of them. That's going to be washed every day. But uh, the idea is that we have tile there that we can easily see anything that flies off them. <laughs> if you have carpet, they're going to hide in there and you just make it harder for yourself mm-hmm. and harder to get rid of. So we're, like I said to him, the fox is reminding us to be very astute about what we're doing and to strategize, to have a plan and just get it in place and move forward and things are going to come back to order Thanks to the cat that decided to bring his fleas because he lives under the deck. And again, cats and all these messages, when you're in the woods, you learn to like, you know, get into um, the messages of your friends that come around and frogs that come into the way, you know, all these little things. They're visiting you for a reason. Yeah. So we got into that how... (laughs) Oh, the birds, because you talk about birds, but yes, so definitely reading nature in general, right? It's a very spiritual tool because you get to understand at that moment, what is the message? How does it connect with what's happening with you? And you are connecting with birds. That's awesome. More power for you, but just stay away from me. I don't, (laughs) I don't know birds. I think we're on our last one, right? Yeah. Well, I think we really um, merge prayer throughout because we were talking about asking Mm -hmm. the consciousness of the earth, the uh, spirit of the earth, whether it's we're working with crystals, whether we're working with essential oils, whether we're doing smoke offerings, they all come from the earth. 
So that's really infusing prayer into everything we do. And that's the secret sauce, people. If you really want to like enhance your spiritual practice, pray, give thank you, give your thanks to everything in your life. So it's infusing everything we were talking about. But this is my probably one of my top three and maybe top one spiritual practice. It's food, food, people, food, because food heals your body. If your body, your, your little, um, machine is working properly you'll be able to do everything else right Mm -hmm. so when we talk about spiritual practices we're really talking about taking care of your body embody what you were given you know this physical unit that we get to uh, operate every day and food to me was grounding was very helpful um working with lentils is really some way that i am nurturing myself more oatmeal too because it's a very yin very comforting very soft for the spleen that sometimes when you are finding that life it's just like a little too bitter and you're losing that light and joy check out your spleen if the spleen if you like wake up and you find yourself looking at the world and it's a little gray check out your spleen And that for me, like I said, I had a lot of emotional stuff happening in terms of like family members being sick and uh, definitely brought me into paying attention more into my organs. Again, because I'm applying these Chinese uh, concepts that we are diving deeper with five element theories is that really working organs and what do they mean with the emotions that you're experiencing? So food in that particular um, diagnostic that I give myself, I have, you know, that liver fire and that spleen deficiency because I tend to like eat too many cold foods and I tend to eat on the go, eat very fast sometimes because I'm running and it's just reminding me to take my time and to eat something that is nurturing, staying away from dairy, staying away from fried fruits, staying away from like refined carbs is being helpful. It's being really helpful to like balance myself and things that really um, replenish that spleen are things like beans. So, and I was doing that before I started getting into my knowledge of the five elements and how all of it, it can help you heal your body. I was doing it instinctively because I love lentils. They're my favorite thing on the planet. Lentils, split peas, I could eat those two for the rest of my life. Mm, right? Wow, I love delicious. And with rice and some raw onions, I'm in heaven. You can add a fried egg or not, your choice. But yeah, sometimes there is a little bit of uh, protein there. So maybe some chicken or whatnot, but lentils and split peas. So they were my go-to. And I had these cravings for oatmeal, but I just didn't have the time to make them. Mm. Until I decided to buy those, you know, I said, fuck it. I really want them. So I'm going to get the organic version of those packet things. They're not the greatest thing, but it's something they really want. And just reading more about how is it that they are helping your body suit and heal and balance and nurture. Because when you make oatmeal, you have to take your time to like make it. You have to take your time to eat it. And it's what I needed. I needed to slow down. I needed to eat something warming. You're making me Uh, hungry, Maria. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) 
But this is so healing. It's the most powerful thing that you could ever do. Your food, your food, what goes into your body. Yes, and it I covers agree. it covers your entire. It goes through your mouth. It goes out. It comes out your your butt. So it's like in and out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's beautiful. And paying attention to your um, elimination time. Are you going to the bathroom? How often are you going to the bathroom? How is your pee? You know, just observing not only what you put into your body, but how it's coming out. How often it's coming out. The colors, the textures, the smells is giving you information. And it's something that we don't do it culturally, right? It's like, oh, how was your poop today? You don't do that often. That's something that my mom will do very often because she had this thing with poop, right? Are you, how often do you go to the bathroom? How is your poop? And, you know, we got to clean your belly. And she didn't have any particular knowledge of, you know, training on Ayurveda or Chinese medicine. It was just something that she knew. I don't know how, I have to ask her, how the fuck do you know that? Because when you learn about immunity and having like 80% of your immunity in your gut and her thing was about keeping your belly clean. So we will always go into these smoothies. And if you ever watch Down to Earth, they talk about this root that my mom um, uses all the time that she, it's her remedy for constipation, right? Yakong. And when I hear the guy talk about Yakong and saying about all the medicinal properties and how powerful it was to like really heal your gut and, you know, help you eliminate, I said, how the fuck did my mom know? How did she know? Mm. Like, how? And I said, like, I, I went crazy texting my family. I said, like, mom, you're a genius. And it's just so validating that she will have this system because she was very um, drawn into it. You don't know. You just go with it. She likes it. She do it. And she found out this thing that really helps you clean your belly because she will give you these smoothies that literally make you shit. That's her thing. The more you shit, the better she feels. (laughs) I don't know. That's true. This is all the trapped wind, which causes a lot of anger. Yes. Yes. And, uh, a lot of the medicines that people were taking in Peru, it helps you with elimination. And my mom kept telling my father, don't worry about it because I give you the smoothies that make you shit. So you're good. And thank God, thank you, God, that they are healthy. They are healthy up to today in the world. uh, Well, especially in Peru where, you know, our system, our medical system, our health system is just non-existing. It's really non-existent because it's state-funded. So you go there to freaking die. And that's what's happening. A lot of people die because... They didn't have ways to like keep them alive. So, same in Honduras. People go to yeah. the state funded hospitals and they just don't even take, they completely neglect them. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, but, it's bad. But here you go, Daniela. Share with us how is it that you heal with foods? Yeah, well, really quick, I just wanted to point out that you mentioned that Down to Earth show with Zach Efron. It's on Netflix and I watched all of it after you told me about it, and I was like, whoa, this fucking show is awesome. It really is cool because Zac Efron is um, somebody a lot of the younger girls, I guess, grew up having a crush on. And when I think about young women these days, I really um, am scared for the future because they're like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, yeah, he's so, so cute. I mean- 
so cute is eye candy I, i mean the other guy is super mm-hmm. fit it's just like okay i i got to it and i said like oh shit i love the episodes about bro like love 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 it you just yeah. made me so freaking proud and yeah that particular one pay attention to the one where they talk about yakong i said like that made me like jump i said like wait that's my mom <laughs> it's my mom yeah. thing to make a shit <laughs> well yeah. it's just cool because he is somebody that a lot of the the younger girls relate to so hopefully they are in a lot of seeds were planted with this show hopefully that's what happened but um yes yes with food it's been tricky for me because I've been a vegetarian on and off since I was 13 and um you know I went vegetarian because I saw a documentary called Meet Your Meat and I found out about factory farming and I just was like appalled at how animals are treated in this country and around the world, especially in Western civilizations um, and the industrialized um, countries around the planet and it's spreading. So a lot of that whole factory farming technique is just ending up everywhere, basically, where they have animals overcrowded, sitting in their shits, not able to eat their natural diets, fed corn, um, you know, stuck with uh, with sick cows everywhere. So they're injected with antibiotics and miserable lives, mm-hmm. treated terribly, treated without any sacred um, practices or any gratitude for the animal. Uh, it's just, it was too much for me. So I just never... Um, could eat meat and feel good um, because I just was feeling so terrible for the animals. So, I mean, as long as you've known me, I've been vegetarian. And then Mm -hmm. uh, two years ago, I became vegan um, and I completely stopped eating butter, which is something I had always eaten. I'd always uh, would buy the grass-fed butter and I'd always eat ghee. I'd always cook with it. That's what I cooked uh, with instead of oil, I'd cook with ghee. Um, and I'd probably occasionally eat eggs, <clears throat> but not as many. Um, but I, two years ago, I became vegan and I completely eliminated all animal products. So no eggs, no butter, no meat, obviously no dairy, no, no fish, no chicken, no eggs, no nothing. So I did that for two years and within like the last maybe six months, I have been feeling pretty terrible and I just could not figure out what was going on. I thought maybe, oh, I'm I'm getting hypoglycemic again. And I just could not understand why, because I felt like I'm doing everything right. I'm eating smoothies in the morning. I'm, I'm, um, I'm eating really good, uh, really good meals. Everything I eat is some, is food I make. I don't really Mm -hmm. eat out almost ever. Um, I don't cook with a lot of oil. I don't eat much garbage. I don't buy junk food. I literally just don't even do that. Um, but my teeth started to bleed. Um, and I've been flossing for many years now and I floss like you have no idea. I floss every single night. I don't take a break from flossing and out of nowhere, my teeth started bleeding and my teeth started feeling like they were nasty. Like they had this coating on the backs of them that just would not go away. No matter how much I brushed, it would not go away. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Every time I'd stand up, I would get so lightheaded. I felt like I was going to pass out. And it this became chronic. 
when I first moved to North Carolina, I was waking up with headaches every single day. I think I told you about that. I was having, I was having headaches every single day, every fucking morning. I would wake up with a headache. I was like, man, what is going on? I thought it was EMFs because uh, I was sleeping in a new bed and new house. And so I Mm -hmm. ordered an EMF detector and I checked the EMFs and they're really pretty low. So it's not that. So it's not mold. It's not stuff I'm eating. It's not, it's not a lack of oxygen. I'm, I'm always outside in the sun. At least I I go outside every day and get sun. Um, so I just could not figure out what was going on. So I started to just really question myself as to what is, what could this be? And every time I would do any research, it would just point out to you have a deficiency. It's either a deficiency or or mm-hmm. you have um, like uh, what's it called? Adrenal fatigue. But I oh have, my god! I do not. I do not abuse coffee. I always have had a really good sleeping regimen. I don't feel like overwhelmed and stressed out all the time to the point where I'd get adrenal fatigue. So that mm-hmm. just didn't make sense to me. So I kept coming back to I think I have a deficiency, and I scheduled a bunch of talks with naturopaths, and I didn't end up going because. Something just told me that I needed to incorporate animal foods back into my diet. So I started eating eggs. I started off with just eating eggs. Ryan looked at me like I was a psycho, like, oh, my God, you're not vegan anymore. What are you doing? Because he's Mm -hmm. been vegan with me, and he's even more hardcore vegan than I was. Um, Because I have always felt like I needed to have butter in my diet for some reason. Like, I've always felt drawn to butter. But I totally even gave that up. So I started incorporating eggs, and I I mean, I, I kind of noticed that I was really full after eating two eggs. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? Like, I could feel full. And I felt in, like I really wanted to eat these eggs. Like, they were so delicious. So I was cooking mm-hmm. them in butter. And I was eating eggs. And I was eating butter. And uh, last week, I ate meat for the first time. And yeah. I went to a local farm called Ninja Cow Farm. And it's right here in Raleigh where all the cows are completely grass-fed. They're not fed any type of grain whatsoever. They're allowed to roam free. I met the the the, the lady at the farm. Um, we talked for, it felt like forever. I mean, she literally just explained everything about the farm to us. She was super nice. We told her we were had been vegan for, for a couple of years, and she was so understanding, and she talked to us about any questions that we had and mm-hmm. so that nice. day I bought raw milk I bought butter I bought uh, so many different types of meats um, ground beef flat iron steaks uh, skirt steaks I don't know what else we got rabbit liver to just save I don't know if I'm gonna eat that but we definitely got it just in case um, mm-hmm. shit hits the fan but um, I ate that meat and I felt so good like I literally felt so satisfied and I felt like happy. It was so weird because generally I do feel happy when I'm eating fruits. I love watermelon. That's like my favorite thing to eat. I love smoothies. I love bananas. I love eating things. But for a while there, I was just sick of everything. Mm -hmm. I've just been so sick of eating like just food and like, it's all right, but it's like not something that's bringing me happiness. It's not, it doesn't feel like it was satiating me. 
Um, and when I ate that meat, my mom made it for me because I don't even know how to cook meat. That's how I have no clue how to even do it. So I am just going with this new perspective in my life. And I feel like this is the right thing for me to do, even though it goes against everything I've learned and have believed in for like half of my life. It's kind of insane, more than half of my life because I'm 30 going to be 31 years old and I became a vegetarian at 13. So it's like, this is a really big change for me, but I'm also a very flexible person. And I feel like I listen to my instincts and I trust my instincts. And something was telling me that I needed to eat meat. And I don't know why I felt like I needed to, but I've been feeling better. My teeth aren't bleeding. That Mm -hmm. gross scummy thing behind my teeth is completely gone. I'm not walking around every day feeling lightheaded, like I'm going to pass out. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I really did have a deficiency. And it doesn't matter how much iron I was taking, it doesn't matter how much spirulina I was taking, how many smoothies I was eating, how many greens I was eating, and how many beans I was eating, it was not working for me at all. And um, yeah, this is crazy for me, because I'm sure a lot of people who know me and who know how much I've, I've, I I've uh, believe in not eating had believed in not eating animals because it was unethical and because it was bad for my health. I'm sure a lot of people will be like, "What the fuck?" Like my brother included, he's gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Um, so it is strange. It's gonna be very different for me. Uh, I still don't believe that I should be eating, um, you know, like factory farmed animals or. Oh egg, yeah, egg. Yeah. I don't buy from the supermarket. We get them from my mom. My mom's pastor, actually. My mom's priest. He has oh, chickens, and he <laughs> he's got like sixty chickens. So my parents buy eggs from him. Um, so we don't go to the grocery store for that. And and all the meat I'm getting, it's coming straight from the farm. So it's all local, grass fed meat. And I nice. think I'm gonna stick with this. I. I, I honestly feel like I don't eat I don't need to eat it every day. I don't feel like I need much of it, but it feels good right now what I'm doing. It feels right. So it's it's a shocker, but maybe some things aren't exactly the way they no. seem and maybe, you know, the vegan diet isn't for everybody. Like I think we're all we're all mm-hmm. different people and I don't think we're all meant to be eating the exact same way. I think we're all different. Yeah. And I think really important, if you feel off and you feel like your body is trying to tell you something, it's really important to try and listen to what is going on. Because a lot of the symptoms I was having, I was just ignoring them and saying, oh, I, I don't know what's going on, but maybe like it's this or that or that or this. And deep down, I think I knew that I needed mm-hmm. to eat some animal products like butter, eggs, and um, some meats. And yes. I did, and I do feel, I feel better. So You listen to your wisdom, so that is so cool. I want to add that, you know, sometimes we're both yoga teachers. We're both being around people, the yogis that are vegan because they're vegan and everybody's vegan and it's veganism 101 and everybody has to become vegan. 
And the answer is no, people, no. You don't have to give up your meat or change anything. You really want to find ways to balance because this is what's all about, balance. Balance your intake of food, balance in the amounts of food you eat, balance in what we take from the earth because the little animals also come from the earth. They are meant to be eaten, right? We're the meant to be eaten. They're here to serve the humans, right? Cool. Um, the American Indians have a beautiful approach to animals. They eat flesh. They eat animal flesh. But they utilize absolutely everything the animal has to offer. From the tooth, from the skin, from all the organs, from the blood. Everything has a purpose. They don't let anything go to waste. Because they're honoring. They know how sacred is that life. Mm-hmm. Here, however, you know, the industrial world doesn't allow you to do that. It's just like mass production. The animals are raised in ways that are not human. They're not good for anybody. And then you absorb all those energies. So, yes. So my point is that please don't become vegan because it's cool. Because someone posted that they're vegan and you look up to like, I don't know, whatever celebrity or skinny girl out there. Don't do it because of that. Do it because you want to, it resonates with you, and it works for you. I have to tell you that for me, I knew that this uh, vegan thing wasn't working because I started losing hair, like literally hair falling out of my head. I started looking at things, and, and I'm stubborn, right? I don't want to change these, and John kept, just, John kept saying, eat some meat, eat meat, and I'm like, shut up. I'm not going to do it, da 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 spare on the animals. And you get stubborn with it. You don't want to hear anything about it, and you're abusing the planet, that you're the fall of it, you know, that it's mm-hmm. your fault. And it's really um, not anything with that. It's just really about finding ways that you can bring balance to your body and know when you're depleted. And when you have so much going on, so many changes, and you're not getting the support from foods, You're setting yourself up for failure and for illness. You start feeling sick and you don't know. And the quickest, most healing, most powerful thing that you can do is really focus on your food. Don't listen to anyone. Don't listen to what we say. Listen to the wisdom of your body. We share our stories to give you insights that there is a lot of vegetarians, vegan people that go back to eating meat because we need it. You can read about blood types and how much protein intake you you need. It's one theory. You'll find out what resonates for you. You may need more meat than others. If you're a male, you're a female, if your body constitution, all of those things are factors that play in. But it's important that you're doing this for you and whatever style you're in. Like I said, raw foods, I can't do raw anything. My body needs the heat. (laughs) So I have to watch. But for Daniela, raw may work. We're all different. It's called bio-individuality. You are different than me, even though we're both human. We just process process things differently your ancestors have a lot to do with that too because you know they were eating certain foods for so long your genetic makeup has an ability to process certain foods better than others 
That is another factor. It's not destiny. You're not predestined to eat tacos for the rest of your life. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that you have an affinity for certain foods. The same way that I have the affinity for lentils and split peas, potatoes, sweet sweet potatoes are just heaven for me. Sweet Mm -hmm. potatoes, I bow to the earth for sweet potatoes and fruits. Every time I eat grapes, I find God because they are so perfectly sweet. They're hydrating. They are magical. So I find food healing. We got to stop eating, talking about food. I am so hungry, Maria. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, short and long, just do it because it works for you. Just honor the earth. And the last thing I say is that I pulled a card today. I'm sorry that we're going so long too. This is like an hour and a half, maybe going two hours. And that's because we haven't been together in over a month. That's all right. And the card that I have today, it says self, go within. When we invest more energy in developing our spiritual lives, the outer world begins to take care of itself. And these are uh, Cheryl Richardson cards. The cards are called grace cards. And it's just beautiful. That's what we were talking about. We're talking about spiritual tools and how they're helping us. And they definitely, I'm 100%, when we take care of ourselves, when we have the time to like really find our tools to help us cope with the world, everything around us begins to take care of itself. So that's how I ended. I wish you a magical week, two weeks, and hopefully not a month because we want to be recording before that. (laughs) Yeah. Have a great time. Remember your tools. Find what works for you and develop your own tools. Develop your own routines. Develop your own rituals. Find that power within yourself, the magic that you have, the power that you carry from your ancestors and that connection with the earth and the skies and the creator. Peace profound. Yes. And trusting your instincts and intuition, I think, Hopefully everybody leaves with some of that, just reinforcements. And with that, I say peace.